Christmas story is best remembered by the people whom God uses to bring his son into the world. We've been able to walk this tale with Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph. They demonstrated so much in character and so much integrity and were so critical to the first glimpses of Jesus. Christmas is also full of legends. Now, legend does not necessarily mean falsehood. It just means it's a mere vehicle for remembering historical tales. One such story involves a couple, Theophanes and Nona. As legend has it, they were a well-to-do couple. Theophanes probably owned his own small business, and they lived in the late third century in the Roman Empire region of Lycia, which is modern-day Turkey, in a town called Patara. They had such a happy life. However, only one thing eluded them. They didn't have any children. And after a time, middle age was creeping in and hopes of having children began to fade. However, Nona wouldn't give in. She and Theophanes began to meet with new, a new Christian church in Patara. They sang and studied, prayed and served. And Nona believed that it was her God-ordained destiny to have a child and took great comfort in the couples who would miraculously conceive as told by the church. Well, then one day it happened. They were pregnant. Months later, Nona gave birth to a son, and because they believed this to be a true act of God, they decided to name the baby boy after his uncle who was clergy in the Patara church. His name was Nicholas. Nicholas was raised in the church and spent much time with his uncle learning and studying and praying. But more than anything, he learned from the history of those who walked faithfully, like Paul and John, then later men like Polycarp and Clement. He took to heart Jesus' message to love God and to love thy neighbor. The Apostle Paul taught that the Corinthians that love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. But Nicholas also lived in the real world, and that world was tumultuous. He'd heard the stories of emperors past who blamed Christians for a disastrous fire that swept through Rome. He learned of proconsuls and governors and generals who blamed Christians for not worshiping Roman gods, resulting in battles lost. They'd often feed them to wild beasts or light them on fire in public squares, offering Christian bodies in sacrifice to Roman deities. Now, when Nicholas became an ordained minister and then was elected bishop in Myra, Turkey, this persecution found him. The emperor of the time, Diocletian, decreed an edict in AD 303 that Christian churches were to be destroyed, services banned, and scriptures burned. Christians could no longer hold public offices, and certain Christian leaders were to be arrested, and all Christians were instructed to offer sacrifices to pagan gods. When he refused, Nicholas was arrested and placed in a dungeon. He would often be tortured with the goal to get him to abandon his Christian faith. Watching his cellmates clawed with iron scrapers, others thrown into cages with leopards or bears, while still others roasted alive or torn limb from limb, Nicholas wouldn't relent believing that Christian charity is the truthful way of life. Well, after years of torture and imprisonment, Rome began to change. Diocletian stepped down due to illness, and his successor stepped in, 
His name was Galerius, and for a short time, he doubled the persecution efforts, but eventually freed all Christians and reestablished their position in the Roman Empire while he was on his deathbed. Nicholas was free to resume his ministry. It is that ministry that took on legendary status. No one at his time was more aware of those who were less fortunate, and no pastor has ever worked harder at meeting the needs of his people. Churches around the world still celebrate St. Nicholas Day on December 6th in recognition of the integrity and charitable work this minister did. They called him the Wonder Worker because he did everything he could to help out his neighbor, often resulting in a miraculous turnaround for the people that he was able to bless. With all of those legendary stories about St. Nicholas, perhaps the one that has resonated with the most people happened back in his apprenticeship days following his uncle as a clergyman. You see, Nicholas had learned of a family that had fallen on hard times in Patara. At one time, they had wealth, but several misfortunes had overtaken them, and now they were poor. They barely had enough to live on. Well, their father had tried to find work, but whenever business owners saw how sopped his hands were, which had never known any kind of hard labor, they assumed he was lazy, and they would turn him away. Now, the man had three daughters, all old enough to be married, but their chances of finding husbands were grim since their father could not pay any of their dowries. And as the situation grew more desperate, the father decided that the only way his daughters could survive was to be sold into servitude. At least there, they could eat. Well, when this news reached Nicholas, he snuck out one night to their house. And in the middle of the night, he crawled through their window and placed a sack of gold in the oldest daughter's stocking that was hanging by the fireplace to dry off. Well, the next morning, the family discovered the bag of gold and fell to their knees to thank God for the gift. It was enough to get them through a short time while having some left over for a generous dowry of which the oldest daughter was soon to be married. When Nicholas saw how happy they were, he decided to sneak over to their house in the middle of the night and provide a gift for the second daughter. The next morning, more tears of joy and praise were heard from the house. The second daughter had her dowry, and she too would be married soon after. Well, the father wanted desperately to know who brought this gift. He dared to assume one would be made for his youngest daughter, so he waited up night after night after night to see who, would who was gonna be bringing the gift. No one showed until late one night after the father concluded the mysterious benefactor was not coming back, a bag of gold came flying through the window. The father ran outside to see who it was, and when he recognized it was Nicholas, he fell at his feet in thanksgiving. Nicholas ushered him up and told him to turn his praise toward God. Despite his desire to remain anonymous, Nicholas's act of generosity set him on the path of becoming the most famous gift giver the world has ever seen. To this day, we still recognize his charitable work as his legend has even connected to the Advent story. Christmas time is a time of generosity. It's in Matthew 2 that we find there are wise men or magi from the east who are in search of this newborn king. After an encounter with Herod, they followed a sign they saw in the form of a star. The text tells us this. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. 
And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now, I suppose my point to all of this is this. Celebrate. As you exchange gifts, be sure to celebrate. As family and friends are reconnected, be sure to worship. I like how one preacher, Joel Sutton, shows this story. He presents the Christmas story as if he were one of the Magi. And upon arriving to the newborn, he says this. As we entered Jerusalem on our way to Bethlehem, I was astonished that there were no significant signs of people celebrating the birth of this new king. Jerusalem seemed just like so many other cities that we had passed through on our journey, busy with their own things, caught up in their own pursuits of life. They had not seen the star. Did they not know the words of their own prophets? Perhaps I was expecting too much. What are the signs that you give to celebrate this new king? I pray that this season is one in which you celebrate the Messiah. It is a season to give, but it's not just about that. It's about the season. Jesus is born. Hope is here. The king is alive. Now it's time to celebrate. We hope you find a church to do just that. If you do not have one, we would love to invite you to our Christmas Eve and Christmas services. They are at 3, 5, and 7 on Christmas Eve and at 10.30 Christmas morning at South Rock Christian Church in Derby. Come join us as we celebrate the arrival of the King. God bless you, and from this St. Nick, have a wonderful and happy Christmas. Thank mm-hmm. you.